The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And just to my right is a special guest today. We have Victor Armanderes from On Point with Victor. He's going to be helping us out today a little bit. I'm here just for a little while in case your voice cracks out. Yes, as you can tell. I don't know if you can tell or not if you've ever heard me before. This is not exactly how I sound most of the time. Had a little bit of a head cold. No, it wasn't the Rona. He has a little bit of Ronas. <laughs> a little bit of leftover Rona from last Le- week. Leftover Rona. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, but you know, the gas prices are so high now. Even even the Rona stopped traveling. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I hate it. When, I hate it when Rona won't leave at a respectable time. I know. I mean, here it is. It, it's 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 stopped transmitting. Uh, I mean, what's the saying? Uh, it's six o'clock. What the hell are you still doing, doing here? here? Yeah, it's after midnight. <laughs> well, well, why are you still here? Why are you still here? <laughs> leave now. Uh, but yeah, even the Rona stopped traveling now. So apparently, now everything is doing who, better. Who knew that all it took was a war to stop coronavirus? Yeah, that's right. I and mean, a Russian invading it? some country, boom, all of a sudden boom. the corona's done. I mean, yep. if we had known that two years ago. God. Putin might get an, a, an award for ending corona. A peace prize? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Medical prize, maybe. I don't Medical know. What prizes prize. they have for that? Yeah, for ending the coronavirus. Maybe he did save. it to save lives. Think about the children. No, I'm doing it for the children. I'm surprised he hasn't used that yet. I mean, if you listen to Putin, he takes talking points right out of the Democrat Party. Or maybe they take theirs right from him. You know, I. this probably goes back and forth. Do you know, back in World War II, before World War II, when Hitler was doing some of the things he was doing, he was studying some of the Democrats. And I infuriate Democrats when I tell that, but that is history. And it, yeah, it can be verified. You can look it up yourself. Hitler looked at the way the Democrats treated uh, – Minorities and and other people and boom and he got some ideas. He, I mean, there that is indisputable. You can look it up. Wow, you know, don't you hate it when the facts get in the yeah, way? Facts of your, get in the way of the Democrats all of, the time of your uh, <laughs> your agenda. Absolutely, pesky facts. Oh my god, it's like when 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 amendments get in the way of your pesky rules you want to institute. <laughs> yeah, right. When the Constitution gets in the way of authoritarianism, I know. Oh, gosh, that's so pesky. Because now, of course, it's funny because all these people who for years are asking, we don't need the Second Amendment, you don't need guns, we have a military, we have this, we have that. All of a sudden... Turn to Exhibit A. In one week... Ukraine. That's right. Boom. <laughs> all of a sudden you realize tyranny doesn't necessarily come from within, from within. all the time. No. It can come from somewhere else. Absolutely. And, of course, a lot of these people are just like, oh, we have a military I mean, for that. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes they need a little help, too. But not just for your homeland. I mean, your military is usually poised and prepared for out-of-country incursions, right. well, especially the United States. So for us to ramp up and protect our homeland if we had to, look at the Ukrainians. They did not allow their citizens to have guns, and so they were behind the eight ball. And what were they doing for the first week of this war? They need guns out to everybody. They need guns. They, they were begging the United States for guns. They were begging anyone around them for guns so they could distribute them to the populace. They yeah. wanted to distribute to any citizen who would take it. Right, so, and the thing is, had they had guns already, oh man, it might have been a, it, it might have been, been a it might have slowed the tide a little bit because well, then they, these they these convoys have, that were stuck would have been under they, fire the whole time. The whole time, 
if if they didn't have to spend the first week, and they're still doing it now, arming their citizens, they could have used that time in the beginning to strategize and figure out ways to bog down the Russians even could more. Could you imagine if they had had a gun culture like we have like in the United have? States? <laughs> oh, look, the Japanese emperor said it the best, or, or the yes, Japanese Navy the general, co- yeah. uh, commander, uh, admiral. 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 The Japanese uh, admiral said it best. Um, he said, when asked, why didn't you go beyond and Go invade America. America. Why didn't you go reach the land? And he said, because behind every blade of grass is an American with a gun. That's exactly and that, right. that brings, I, look, it brings pride to me. And, uh, and for all you people out there who, who think that we don't need 30-round mags or we don't need uh, – if you, didn't, AR-15. If, you, if you don't know why, take one look at the news for the last two weeks, and you'll know exactly why we need any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, for all of you people that are saying that, you don't need 30 rounds. You don't need this. You don't need an AR-15. You don't need a rifle. You don't need blah, 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 blah. First of all, don't tell Just me what look, I need. Yeah, first of all, no govern- I don't want any government bureaucrat telling me what I need and don't need. But uh, but just look to Ukraine. Look to the people of Ukraine. They're begging for weapons. They're begging to be able to defend themselves. And uh, that is one thing that truly, other than the Constitution itself, that distinguishes the American people from the rest of the world as we will not tolerate an invasion like that because we have most of us or a lot of us well, have guns. Well, a lot of Americans I mean, will stand up and they'll defend their homeland being their home, their property, and their neighbors. Yeah. Look, if you go back, and again, I look, I love giving history lessons. If you go back to when Francis Scott Key pinned the national anthem, when he got the idea, he was on a British boat watching the, the bombardment, uh, watching the British, the all of the British Navy aim every cannon they had at the flag on this base on the United States and 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 Francis Scott King was there watching this he was on the British boat because he was trying to negotiate the release of American hostages oh, they, the British yeah. yeah the British asked him the the British general asked him why are your people so crazy why are the American people <laughs> willing to die when all they have to do is lower that flag and we'll stop bombing them and and Francis Scott King quoted Turned to the general and quoted George Washington. He goes, the American people would rather die before we will live on our knees. They'll die with so, standing we'll die with standing a gun in their hands rather than live on their knees. We will live on our knees. Absolutely, and, without uh, doubt. And, and, that's, that, and the, the, the British general just could not understand it. He could not understand it. But that is... That's that been an what, American you know, it's, attitude it's an, it's since an American the founding trait. of this country. It's in our blood. It's it's what distinguishes well, some America. of us. Well, some of us. It's what distinguishes the American people, the American culture from the rest of the world. And yes, we do have an American culture. For you people uh, working on spray painting your Nerf guns, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it may not be in your blood, yeah, but hopefully you have somebody in the family who can help you realize this. Yeah. Yeah, because if and look, everybody always says never could happen here, never could happen here. Have you not seen the movie Red Dawn? That's right. That was <laughs> both a, of them. It's an old movie. And the new one was the same thing. Yeah, it so, can happen. But I here. mean, look, uh, you never should say never. You know, uh, you well, never know what. It's could like happen. what happened in Germany. Mm-hmm. The people of Germany thought, no, we're proud Germans. Yeah. This can't happen to us. And yeah, this sure enough, never happened to us. It happened to them, and now we're running into a lot of the same things. What was the story I saw where they fired some Russian professor, some professor who was from Russia, 
because of the whole Russian invasion thing. Turns out this guy had been in a Serbian prison hmm. for reading for reading the wrong books to his students. Wow. So he was exactly standing, so against, standing against Russian tyranny, Russian and they tyranny. fired him, fired him just, because well, he was Russian, just because of his background. Because everything, mostly everything the, the liberal, the Democrat, the progressive will do is for show. It's virtue signaling. Right. They won't actually look and, dis- and, and research and, and, and they don't know their history and make an informed decision. They'll just react and virtue signal. Now, I was looking, and it seems like Russia has invaded some country, like, over the last 20 years, like every single... <laughs> they pres- kinda, Crimea got invaded. Yeah, Georgia under, got invaded. Under, now, now, look, you know, I, I said it uh, last week, I think, or the week before. There's a reason that Putin moves when he moves. And uh, when he moved on Georgia, it was under W. Bush, who was weak at the time and listening to Democrats. He moved there on Crimea under Obama. He didn't dare make a move under President Trump. Even Bill Maher, <laughs> even Bill Maher, that progressive, who I don't even like giving, pointing out or giving credit to, but even he pointed out, how can you not ask the question about why didn't Putin do this under Trump? Four years of Trump, we were told that, that Trump was in Was going to get lap. us into a war. And, he was uh, gonna- oh, we were told that he was Putin's lapdog. And, and But yet Putin didn't dare move under Trump. Well, because Trump would have had so many weapons on the ground in the Ukraine within 48 hours, well, they would have been able to fight back tremendously. Trump held Putin at bay because Putin didn't have the money because we weren't buying oil from him. Because we, we were and, energy independent. Oh, my Trump, God, what a great and, idea. And Trump got Germany to stop buying natural gas from Russia. They were buying it from us and from other avenues. We cut off Putin's money machine. You know, people don't understand. By the time Trump's term came to an end, Russia's economy was on toothpicks. Right. Now, they I did also, not have this money. Now, let me ask you this. I want to see if there's any truth to this. Now, I also heard that Trump had promised he would not vote to allow the Ukraine to join NATO, which mm-hmm. would have kept any kind of so, defensive missiles out of Ukrainian right, territory, Ukraine. not being so close to Russia. Right. Which is really, truly, if you look, if you look back and listen to Putin... His biggest concern was not allowing Ukraine and NATO. And Trump, Trump was the best president we've had, in, and I think in modern times, probably since Reagan, who really uh, told NATO, this is what you're about, this is what your duties are, and the countries you need to start paying. Because the United States pays the majority of it, and that needed of to stop it. Do. And Putin really did, um, not Putin, Trump uh, really turned up the, 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 the or turned the screws to get NATO countries like Germany and other to pay, start paying their fair share. And Trump was the one that was willing to talk to Putin and say, there was, now I don't remember exactly what Trump said, and I know his position was he didn't want Ukraine to be in NATO, I believe. Well, because think but about it. it. If not, there'd all of a sudden be missile oh, defense yeah, systems in Ukraine right, exactly. right on the border and with Russia. And they already have Poland. And they, you know, so, so it's understandable. It's, it's a great negotiating point where we wouldn't have lost anything. There's no gain. Well, no, There's no reason minute. to have Ukraine in NATO. It sounds like some other situation was similar to this with the Russians when they put missiles on a little, a little island, island of Cuba. Uh, Cuba? 
exactly. right off our coast. We, and we, we didn't like that yeah, very much, did yeah. we? <laughs> we wouldn't stand for that. So it's understandable to see why why Putin didn't want Ukraine to join NATO. And honestly, there's no t- strategic advantage for the United States for Ukraine to be in NATO. The, the Democrats and establishment Republicans held NATO over Putin's head and kept pushing Putin. I think they did it because they wanted a war. They wanted Putin to do this to fire up the war machine. Trump mm, was the only one maybe. that said, this is not NATO's job. There's no advantage here. He was and, a businessman. Uh, he, he knew yeah. war is not business. So, so Putin, would have, this would never have happened if Trump had have been reelected. Right. So for those of you who didn't vote because you didn't like the mean tweets, yeah. What, you happy? Look at the Ukraine. This is your freaking fault. (laughs) Ukraine, inflation, (laughs) gas prices. This is all you all have to blame if you voted for Biden. That's right. Now, Biden can't be blamed because he doesn't really know what's going on. He's a dementia patient? Yeah, dementia Joe doesn't really know. But if you voted for this guy, you voted for everything that you're complaining about now. Yep, exactly. Even gun prices are higher. Oh, my God. And now we're not going to import ammo from Russia? We'll take yeah. their oil, but not their yeah. their we'll, ammo? We'll take their oil, but we won't take their ammo. That's ridiculous. It's, well, oh. Because the, the ammo, that would bring money to people who don't vote Democrats. Yeah, so, no kidding. You know, let me ask this. Are any of you out there, any of you people out there, whether you vote Democrat, Republican, whatever, are any of you asking the question or wondering, how come you're not hearing anything about all the displaced people, all the 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 immigrants, the immigrants who are having to flee, the people fleeing Ukraine and going into Poland and other countries? Have you not wondered why hasn't the United States stepped up and said we're going to go pick up some some Ukrainian people, we're going to bring them here? Okay, we're going to answer that in a minute when we come back. Right now, we have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I am Roger B. with Victor Armendariz. On America's Web Radio, this is Locked and Loaded. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives, as a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free, just remember to bring comfortable shoes. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. We're going to jump right in again. Before we left, we were talking about the Ukrainian people, the Russians, and uh, and how we haven't. Are going over wondering there. Why we haven't invited and said we're going to bring over Ukrainians? We're going to let them immigrate to the United States. And if you're wondering why, well, I'll tell you why. Because most of them because are Republicans. Most of them will vote Republican. Now here, okay, here you go. The answer to why do you need an AR-15 and 30-round magazines was on every news channel for the last two weeks. Why, they ask? Ask any Canadian uh, yeah. who's been forced into their homes by police state for some kind of crazy yeah. corona. Ask anyone in the Ukraine who's been invaded by a Russian country. Ask anyone in Taiwan who's under the thumb of China now trying to push themselves yeah. on them. Ask any business owner in Portland, Oregon, yeah. mm-hmm. why you need it. Ask anyone in Australia. Yeah. I mean, they've become a prison colony. It is insane what these governments will get away with when they take away your right to defend yourself. You know, and you and you look at yourself and go, oh, well, you know, you can't fight the government. And go, you can, and it starts at the ballot box. Right now, that's still probably the most viable way to fight the government. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not uh, proposing any sort of violence or anything like that. Right now, the ballot box is still working, and that doesn't yeah, take any violence at all. Push the out. button, punch the card. Turn out, turn out, turn Go. And if you don't vote, then I don't want to hear a word from you about Absolutely. any pricing. Absolutely. I don't want to hear from you about inflation. I don't want to hear from you about ammo scarcities. I don't want to hear about the people in the Ukraine, because you voted for all this crap. Yep. I'm sorry, but there's no excuse for that. We want to add one other thing to what you're saying. Yes, we need to vote, but it needs to be an educated vote. And if you're, if you don't know what you're voting for, then I just assume you stay away. Stay the hell home. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's why we've gotten the mess we're in is that people weren't educated and didn't know the truth about what they had just gone through for four years of the greatest economy going, the, you know, oil, we'd stop the border crisis, everything. Right, exactly. Everything was turning around, getting better every day, and people were too stupid to realize it because yeah. they got offended by something. Yeah. So if you're not an educated voter, stay at home. <laughs> That's about right, isn't it? That's right. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I mean, the prices have gone nuts on stuff, and everything's getting higher. Everything's getting more expensive. What you, you were just saying, wholesale costs are up 10%, 10%. double digits in less than 14 months yeah. of... And inflation's hitting double digits. Dementia Joe's in 14 months later. Everything's just yeah. double digits. Crazy. You know, I've often said that voting should hurt. Voting should well, be this is hurting everybody, and, even and those who hurt. didn't vote for if it. If you voted for Biden, you're in... You're, you're, well, unfortunately... You people that voted for Biden are in a world of hurt, and you're causing the rest of us to hurt who didn't vote for Dementia Joe. That's right. If you voted for Dementia Joe coming to the gas station with me, you're buying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if I pull up to a gas station and I happen to pull behind somebody with a Biden sticker, oh. I think I might ask them, hey, you going to take care of my gas? Hey, give me a credit card here. Yeah. This, is, this is you. This you is did you. this. <laughs> Just like those stickers that are. Are you done? No, no, I'm not done yet. Well, good, because stick that thing in my tank. You're going to fill me up a little bit, too. (laughs) You're not done. (laughs) I mean, just like those stickers that are popping up everywhere, um, 
showing a picture of Joe Biden pointing to the gas price. Oh, I wait, did there, was a, I did I, there was another one that was out. Oh, oh, I'm going to make me try and find it, aren't you? Oh, my God, it was great. I mean, if you, if you voted, I, look, all of you, if you pull up to a gas station and you pull behind somebody who still has a Biden, do two things. If they have a Biden sticker, you can walk up and go, oh, man, I feel really far for you, but I'm a good American. I'll help you take it off. Yeah. And then if they don't <laughs> want to remove it, then you go, oh, well, then I guess you're paying for my gas because this is your fault. Oh, there it is. There's Here's a sticker I saw go. I wonder if I can say, okay, thank you, dumbass Biden voters, dead and alive. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a sticker on a gas pump. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Pointing to the price of the, of the fuel. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, Dumbass Biden voters, dead and alive. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I need some of those stickers. Yeah, we definitely do. Because, you know, I mean, the guy ran the worst campaign possible in this century. From his basement. And he still got elected. Somehow people voted for him because they hated being offended by Trump. they didn't want to be offended by a mean tweet. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. Well, now that you fill up, think about how free and, and... and sensitive, you're allowed to be now and not be offended by anybody. Offended. Yep. And if you say a word about the gas prices, I'm going to slap you with a wet noodle. Absolutely. Smack you over the nose with a rolled up newspaper. With a wet pool noodle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They'll tell you that it's your fault because if you can't afford the gas, you should get an electric car. Oh. That's oh, so true. oh, good point. Yes. Producer Brett brings up a great point, uh, folks, if you didn't hear that in the background. Uh, and he's 100% right. And Producer Brett said the Democrats' answer right now is, oh, just go buy a $70,000 EV, an electric car. I got news for the Democrats. The very people they're hurting are the very people that can't afford to just go buy a, an electric vehicle willy-nilly. Now, even if you could afford it, run the math on that. Exactly. How much gas do you spend in a year? How much would you save versus the right. old prices? Yeah. Look, someone did a calculation where we take uh, you'd save forty seven hundred dollars, or you spend forty seven hundred dollars a year on gas. You'd save about half of that because the prices are about double what they were. Mm-hmm. So you save two thousand dollars a year, which means in thirty years you would save the money to pay for your to electric pay car. for your electric car. <laughs> Isn't that and kind of the same as telling a homeless person that. Why, why don't you? Why don't you just buy a home? Yes. That's oh my exactly, God! We have been perfect. missing this opportunity to fix yeah. every problem yeah. the U.S. has. All we had to do was look at them and say, "Just buy a home." Just yeah. Go, go get this. Go that's get how that. homeless people that, can get houses. Just go a buy a house. Brilliant point. That's all I have. That's okay. excellent. And that's, that's all we need. Rarely we get the occasion to hear from producer Brett. So uh, man, yes. he, he crushed it with that one. But he has gems of wisdom right. he usually doesn't share. But today he was generous. But he's right. Telling people. To just go, if you don't like gas prices, go buy an electric car. That's basically like telling a homeless person, if you don't want to be homeless, go buy a house. Yes, that's perfect. I I mean, that's a great analogy. If that's all it took to fix this, why didn't we do this years ago? Yeah. I mean, let me give you an example. When Biden Biden took office, when Trump was, was leaving office, gas prices in many states was was under $2.37. And now there's nowhere on the uh, in this country where gas is less than $4.34. I mean that 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 is I'll say $4. Well, maybe $4, or but I'd venture to four. say go find it. Cuz I saw gas find for 4.29 today. All right, 4.29. <laughs> but that's that's here in Georgia and you know why? Because Kemp 
stopped taxing gas. He did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I didn't know that. That is why. So oh. Kemp deserves some kudos for this because Georgia, I believe, is one of the first states to... I to, bet California uh, didn't do that. To, well, I'm sure they I bet haven't. New York didn't do that. So you save a few cents. I mean, this is how you see how much taxes are coming out and on the state level uh, and because Kemp just did that. He did that this week. Uh, and there's a... Uh, he had basically stopped the taxing of the stopping of collecting of taxes for gas for gasoline purchases. for now. Yeah, it's a temporary saw, measure, I'm you know, sure. That's but here still. in Georgia, but still, four twenty nine is still ridiculous when we were getting it for two dollars. I know. Yeah, it's still twi- almost twice what it was. So I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's crazy. Rude. And you imagine though, even the two dollars a gallon difference. But you know, but Roger, you brought up a good point too. They're telling people to go buy an electric car. You. You got to do the math, but they know the Democrats know that a majority of this country will not take the time too or, stupid. or don't have the education to stop and think. Well, let me figure this out. If I'm going to go spend forty, no, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars on an electric car, is it really? How much time am I going? Is it going to take for the value for me to see the value of the gas savings? The for difference. Getting rid of the car that maybe I have already paid off. Yeah. So maybe you, you don't have a car payment. If but you. The, if you have a car that gets 20, 30 miles per gallon versus your electric car, which does better, but the difference in cost is so much, right? it's going to take you, if, you know... If the Democrats are telling somebody right now who might have a, 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 a 10-year-old Toyota or Honda, which yeah. is paid off and gets 30, 35 miles to the gallon, they're telling you to get rid of that and go get in debt by buying a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 EV. Look, you can do the math. I, I it ain't that hard to do. Yeah, in, thir- in thirty, it's going to take thirty or forty to, years. You'll you'll make up the difference in the savings. And, and the other thing they're not telling people: you go plug up your car every day and charge it, and you wait and see where your your electric bill goes because the electric prices are going up as well. And, and no matter what they have to burn to make electricity, whether it be yeah, gas, whether it be coal, something. whether it be natural gas, yeah. they got to burn something and all yeah. that stuff is going up in price. That's your electricity will in, yeah. inadvertently be going up also. You're not going to get it for free. There is no Chinese windmill or Chinese solar panel that will be that is efficient enough to power your car, let alone your home. Right. Oh, yeah. And the so, windmills are crazy because when they get rid of, when they have to replace the blades every break. several they years, to replace the blades are not yeah. recyclable. Exactly. Because these blades, when they spin and spin and spin, and when they kill hundreds of birds, you PETA people, so when these blades are killing birds, they get inefficient and they have to take them down and put up new blades. And yep. Roger, where do the old blades go? The old blades cannot be recycled currently. Nope. They are not made out of material that can easily be recycled. Nope. So, They're there again. They're piling up right next to the electric batteries. While a gas engine has iron, has steel, has copper. <laughs> yeah. You can recycle, can most recycled. of an electric, yeah, mo- most of a gas yeah. engine can be recycled. Can be recycled. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Uh, but so. this is, but you've got to look. I've talked about this before, and I won't go into it too much, Roger. But the the, the you got to look at why would a political party like the Democrats be pushing uh, the use of electric cars when they know darn well it's not more efficient, and and we're not at the place where we can use solar energy or. Well, let's energy. think about this for a minute. Okay, you have your gas powered car now. If you had to, you could run a still, run stuff in it. Get alcohol, and you could probably run the car. Are you talking about moonshine? No, go ahead. No, I'm talking about fuel. <laughs> fuel. So you, you you could make fuel. You could uh, you could get fuel to run some sort of internal combustion engine. Right. But now 
when they when the when they cut off the power grid, you would have to learn how to make your own electricity to do that. Mm-hmm. Which you you could do. Right. It's not That's outside their own possibility, but it'd be much easier, I think, to find something to burn than it would be to start generating your own start and storing your own electricity. Exactly. Absolutely. And they even now this was weird. They asked Elon Musk. They said, "Can you shut off remotely all the Teslas in Russia?" Wow. Just think about it. if they could do that, which he probably could. He probably, he probably could. has access to that, but he won't yeah. do it. Yeah. But he's, you know, they're asking him because they know this capability exists. Imagine what they could do with your new EV yeah. electric car. We'll see. Remotely shut it down so you can't yes. drive all of a sudden. Well, that gets me back to my point. Why Why do you think the Democrats are pushing this so hard? It, it, it has nothing to do with the planet. It has everything to do with controlling the movement of the American people. Look, the Democrat Party today is authoritarian, and authoritarians love nothing more than control the movement of people. When you don't have free movement, you don't have freedom. And to put you into an electric car... Which, well, Roger, you make a great point. They could shut down. So if they want to go in lockdown and they don't want you on the road. See, the Democrats lost their minds because people like you and me refused to participate in lockdowns. And we were driving every day. We were doing our normal Getting business. Our work, we yeah, doing work doing, and whatever exactly. we had to do. Yeah. We went and did what we had to do. We had to visit some, some people. We didn't end just because of, of, of a pandemic and because government morons who don't have the power tried to shut us down. But if the majority of Americans were stuck to an electric car, they could say, we've got to shut down. It's a national crisis. Off goes your car. Yep. Now, Off goes your power. But it was only two weeks to flatten the curve. Oh, yeah, only two only weeks. Only two weeks to but flatten the curve. That's all they, they needed. Because if you're stuck to an electric car, if you're stuck to government transportation by bus, by train, uh, by, by boat or whatever – then you are beholden to when the government says you can drop. You can move. Yeah. You can't if move unless they tell you If they want to shut it down, they can, can shut it down. If it, look, if you're using government buses and government trains, if they don't have a stop where you want to go, well, that's just too bad because you're at the mercy of wherever stop they built. Right, right. And that's, you know, and they, most most cities try and make it most accessible to a lot of people, which is fine. Get a horse. Yeah, yeah there right. you go. Yeah, you can take that anywhere. Uh, I could I could hear that next Democrat campaign. We're going to put a horse in every barn. <laughs> That's right, and it'll have plenty of fuel, and it'll generate energy. It's got four horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> one for each leg. One for each leg. Yeah, but the fact that they could literally shut down all these modern cars because they're all connected to the internet or have connections, you know, through things like that, and the government could shut them down. So. You're yeah. giving up a lot of free now. Here, if you had a gas car, you could go wherever you wanted to go. Yeah, anytime you want. As long as it wasn't connected and, to an internet or had this and, electronic connection right, to it. Right, and let me tell you that the, the here's the other thing: the government right now, your Democrat government, with the help of some establishment Republicans, want to spend taxpayer dollars to put a network of charging stations across the country. It was not the government that put a network of gas stations across the country. The private sector did that. So the government can't go to the private sector and shut down the gas when they want you not to drive. Well, they need but, to put they, they need it. to put the the new uh, charging stations in the uh, disable the wheelchair parking places because nobody uses them anyway. Yeah, so them might, anyway. As, might as well. And you and you would be mentally ill if you've bought a seventy thousand yeah, dollar car. Right. So. You charge it in the... That yeah, don't give me, to me. Well, no, yeah. I think electric cars have their place. The technology is getting better. I have no problem with the free market, does it? But government shouldn't. But trying it. to force people into something that they don't need or don't want or can't or is not the most efficient and, choice. 
and find me in the United States Constitution where it is the responsibility of the federal government to take taxpayer dollars to build charging stations. Yeah, it's it ain't not there. even close. Not even close. It needs to be the private sector. And the thing is, how is the electric grid going to handle this once your neighborhood goes 50% electric cars? You're not going to have power to run your refrigerator. can't. And, Roger, that's a great point because we are so behind on really, really uh, fortifying our infrastructure. And if they want to do all this EV crap, then they need to be. Now, that would be a role for some government usage or money or taxpayer dollars is to fortify our electric grid. Yes. All right. We'll be right back after a few messages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, before we left for the break, we're getting into a little bit of politics here, but I'm going to swing things back, not 180 degrees, because most of the politics that is going on today have to do with guns and taking over territory and fighting for things. But let's back it up a little further than that. Before you can fight for your country, before you can fight to defend your home, you need to learn how to use a weapon. And most We've already gone over buying guns and, you know, what to look for, who to take with you, things to look for, things to to look out for. We've covered most of that before. But now it's on. If now that you've got your gun and you decide, you know, okay, now I want to learn how to use it, I want to go shoot, and if you don't take a training class right away because you have a little bit of experience or you've watched the YouTube videos and you said, I think I can make this gun work, I think I should go to the range and shoot it to make sure I know how, know what to expect when it goes off. And that's perfect. You should definitely go to a shooting range, learn how to use your weapon, and then later on afterwards you learn how to clean your weapon, but that's a whole other story. Right now we're going to get into 
shoot when you go to the shooting range, as with any place you go, there's always certain etiquette that needs to be looked at, observed, and respected when you go. And when you go to the shooting range, it's the same thing. There are certain things that shooting range employees expect from you. Now, if you're not sure what these are, that's good because we we're going to cover some of these right now. And if you ever have any questions while out of shooting range, even if you're out on the line and something happens, lay your weapon down, point it in a safe directions, and get some help. A lot of times ranges have range safety officers on staff all the time. Sometimes they don't. If they don't, put the weapon down. Point it in a safe direction and come outside the lane to ask for help. Don't bring the loaded gun with you outside of the range. Okay, but we're going to get into the... We'll start from the beginning. I'm I'm jumping ahead here. If I were guessing, most of those would be a jam. Probably, or malfunction of some sort, yes. But you don't want to just call it out to the out of the range because you don't hey, know. How do you get the shot out of here? Yeah, I'm, that's the one time I was had to kick somebody out of a range for not listening to me when I was a range safety officer. This guy's waving this gun around trying to unjam it. And I'm like, dude, point it down range. Well, I'm trying to fix it. It's like, well, don't point it at everybody else while you're trying to fix it. But anyway, I digress. First thing you need to know is the four rules of gun safety. These need to be known without any issue before you go to a shooting range, even if you have to cheat, print them out, tattoo them on your hand, whatever you have to do, you need to know the four rules of gun safety. Treat every gun as if it were loaded. Don't point a gun at anything you don't intend to shoot. Keep your finger off the trigger until you are ready to fire the weapon and be aware of your target and what is behind it. Now, at a gun range, some of these may not apply as much, like knowing your target and what's behind it. You're at a gun range. What's behind it should be the bullet trap. If there's an issue with that, then you're probably at the wrong gun range. (laughs) But, yeah, know those four simple rules when you go in. Don't point your gun at anything you don't want to shoot. Treat it as if it's loaded, even though you know it's not. You just checked it four times. It's not loaded, but treat it as if it is. And I add an extra one there. Just when you're not using it, rack the slide back, leave it open, put a flag in it, leave it to where people can see it's not loaded. And keep everything pointed downrange because that's where the safe part of the range is, downrange. And if you're treating it like it's loaded, you're going to keep it pointed downrange until it goes back in your box, back in your case, wherever it's going to go. And if you do have to, if you do want to put the slide back down and fire it, let the slide go, point it downrange, fire it, and then put it in your case or in your bag at the front line. Don't haul it back behind you or something like that to put it back in the case. Bring the case up to the front and load it like that. Especially when you're on your way out, it's easier to put it all where the guns are, not have to drag the guns back to a case. Second rule, after you know the first four rules of gun safety, is be prepared when you get there. Now, this is something that on a first trip you may have issue with and if you have anybody you can ask or talk to you can certainly do that but make sure you have what you need or will be able to get what you need when you get there and there are certain things here you can make a huge list of things you want to bring with you of course you're going to need your weapon you're going to need ammunition now this may sound obvious but you're going to need your magazine or magazines I've had somebody show up to the range they un- put the magazine out of the gun, set it on the table, put the gun in their little case, brought it. They had no magazine with them. And they were restricted to firing one round at a time, hand-fed, if they wanted to shoot the gun. So it wasn't much fun for them. 
You know, simple things that go a long way. So pack your magazines, pack your ammunition. If you have targets you want to bring, bring them with you. If you don't, be prepared to buy them at the range. If you have hearing and eye protection, bring them with you. If you don't, make sure your range has these available for rentals, which since COVID, a lot of ranges are not offering hearing and eye protection on a rental basis anymore. Now, most of them will sell you stuff when you get there, and granted, an inexpensive pair of shooting glasses and a pair of foam earplugs are relatively inexpensive. You can get them cheap, but if you have your own, you buy a little better set. You buy something that you know fits you, you know know it's comfortable, and it makes a difference. Make sure you have all this stuff. Now, as you get a little more advanced, as you start shooting at more than one target or more, or want to use your targets more than once, then you'll need other things. Like I always pack little circular stickers that I buy at uh, the local big box store that I can place over the holes in my target if I want to shoot that target again. I also buy these stickers. I buy them in white and black, and then I also buy them in multicolors. So I can make multiple target points on one piece of paper or one target that I've already shot the middle out of, then I'll move the target to the left, to the right, to an upper corner, lower corner, and I'll have a new place to focus my shooting on. That's something just, it saves money, it saves time. You just throw a couple of bright green neon stickers somewhere on that uh, large target and you have a new you have a new targeting point. And you can do this with paper plates. You can do this with uh, pieces of printer paper. Whatever you have, you can turn into a target if you have these little stick-on colored dots. You can also use magic markers or pens to make your own targets. You can also find programs online that enables you to print your own on printer paper. So there are targets are easily accessible, easy to get, easy to use. And if you buy the big targets from the range, if you have these little stick-on dots or pens, you can mark things and reshoot that target again. Or mark several points on the target and try and make and try and have variable hit hit spots. Like I say, you can have three different groups of different colored dots and someone can call them out to you or you can just go from one to the other to the other practice changing targeting areas but bring them with you they said if you walk in with your gun in a case and one box of ammo in your hand obviously you're not planning on being there long and you haven't done this very often because you're going to be surprised how fast 50 rounds of ammo goes Especially if you're shooting a, a 22 rifle or a handgun. Now, granted, I have a high-powered rifle, the scope on it, 50 rounds are probably enough for an afternoon. You could probably do that because you're shooting a lot slower, you're shooting longer range, things like that. But think about all the things you might need. Like, do you need a pen to keep track of where your gun is shooting? Do you have a screwdriver to adjust the sights on your weapon? Do you have a screwdriver or a pen or some sort of coin to adjust your red dot sight or your rifle target? Do you have something to adjust the scope on your rifle if you're shooting rifles? Or if you have a red dot on your pistol, do you have the the tool it takes to adjust that red dot to where if you're sighting it in or it's off-sighted, you can fix it? Now, I also like to carry a multi-tool where I can tighten something up. If a scope is coming loose, if a red dot on a pistol is coming loose, I want to be able to have the tool to tighten it up so I can at least continue shooting for that day. Now, if something like this comes loose, you obviously want to go through and double-check it the next time you get it home. You want to take that mount off, remount it, check the screws on it if something's coming loose, and make sure it'll stay tight the next time. But at least you don't ruin your entire shooting trip if something comes loose and you don't have a way to fix it. So a couple little screwdrivers are not a bad idea. Any kind of hex tools... 
to make adjustments on a bunch of other sites, always a good idea. And that, and you're targeting issues. I also have scotch tape in my bag because that way I can have smaller targets and tape them on up over the bigger targets. Again, it reuses the target system. You have smaller targets you put on a bigger target. You can have multiple targets. You can put three or four on there and then try changing point of aim because anyone can stand there, shoot at the target, and just hit one spot over and over again. All right, we're going to come back right after this break and we'll get a few more things Talk to you soon. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com. That's 888-268-4783, jctaylor.com. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated Marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Right before we left for the break, we were talking about making that first or second trip to the range and knowing what to bring, how to act, what to do to get the most enjoyable experience out of your time there. Because, you know, range time isn't super cheap. It costs money to go, and you want to make sure you get the most for your money, you get the most training or experience from your dollar. Okay, so we're right before we left, we were talking about make sure you bring what you need. Try and remember everything you need. Ideally, you'll have a separate bag that will be packed with things you generally need, whether it's tape, whether it's targets, whether it's whatever you have. Bring it with you. And then there's other things you can bring. Make sure you have your shooting gloves if you had them. Bring accessories. If you have extra magazines, bring those. If you have speed loaders, bring those. If you want to practice drawing from a holster, bring your holster with you. Now, before you do this, make sure your range allows this. Some ranges do not allow holster draws from the from the line. You have to have the gun on the table or on the platform in front of you. Pick it up from there and shoot it. They don't allow live holster draws. Some do. If you're going to practice this, make sure it's okay and bring your holster with you. It's kind of hard to draw a gun from a holster if you don't have the holster with you. Also, one other thing to check for, a lot of people will bring other things to shoot. They'll bring targets that are non-traditional targets. Make sure there's no rules against this. Like if you want to shoot the plastic box from the box of 22s you just finished, 
make sure they're okay with letting you run it down there and shoot at it. A lot of places will not allow you to shoot anything other than standard paper or cardboard targets. That's usually it. Now, you can shoot the cardboard box that you shoot the ammo in. Most places don't have an issue with that, but they probably don't want you shooting the plastic insert that came in it. Now, some of them aren't going to care. Some will let you shoot outdoor ranges, tend to be a little less strict about this, although somebody has to go and clean all that stuff up when you're done. So be aware, anything that's not biodegradable, it's not paper or cardboard or something that's biodegradable, is going to have to be cleaned up by somebody. So a lot of times they will restrict what you can use as a secondary target. You know, let me let me ask you, uh, Roger, as you were talking, I was just, you know, you ought to sit down before I go to the range. Here's what I want to accomplish. One, two, three, four, or whatever. Make a list of what you want to do. Oh, and, yeah. And not just sort of go haphazard, oh, I'm just going to shoot targets or I'm just going to do this. You know, if it's... Uh, Wanting to uh, side in a pistol or side in a rifle or whatever you're wanting to do. Right. Having a list before you go is always a good idea. Yeah. I'm a big list maker. (laughs) Although I need to practice it more. Yeah, Uh, that's not a bad idea. Have a checklist. Go down it and set your goals. I want to shoot this new gun. I want to see how it does. Okay. There's your goal. You want to shoot a new gun. You want to see how it works. Do you have tools to adjust the sights if it's not properly sighted do you have a holster if you're going to practice drawing from a holster do you have all the ammo and magazines that you want to be able to shoot now that's another thing i like to do when i say get prepared is if you have extra magazines load them before you go it'll make your shooting experience so much easier if you have six magazines for gun and then have to load them once you get there that just makes it just drags your time out a lot more and you're sitting there in the range loading magazines instead of shooting Use your time most efficiently. Load the magazines before you go. And if you do this, there's probably tools you can use to help load most magazines more smoothly. Rifle, pistol, whatever it is. You load them up before you go. That way it's much easier when you get there because you have a lot more time for actual shooting and not so much for loading magazines. So be aware of possibility. And if there's any question as to the safety of your ammo, always check with the range officers or range owners to make sure it's okay to shoot it or if they have any restrictions on that stuff. Like a lot of them do not allow steel core ammo because steel core ammo can penetrate some of the the bullet traps and they don't want to ruin their bullet traps. Armor-piercing ammo, obviously, on an indoor range is a big no-no. You never want to shoot armor-piercing ammo at an indoor range. I don't think there's anybody that would allow that. Now, outdoor range, there's probably less restrictions on the type of ammo. The only thing they probably have a restriction on is tracer rounds because tracer rounds run manganese and they catch on fire. They burn when they come out of the barrel. And if you're shooting on somebody's farm and all of a sudden you're shooting blazing bullets into big hay bales, you're going to cause a fire and you're going to have a problem and you're not going to be welcome back if you make it out of there alive. So just be aware of certain things. Courtesy things are going to make a difference. So you go to the range. You've got all your stuff. You've packed your bag. You've made your list. You've checked it twice. You get to the range, and you're shooting. And all of a sudden, you hear somebody say something, and you turn around, and there's a guy who's got a big safety vest on that says range officer or safety officer or range safety officer. This guy you listen to. No matter what he tells you, you pay attention to his instructions. He is there for your safety. They either call him the range officer, the RO, or the range safety officer, RSO. 
and they are the foremost authority on what happens at the range. They tell you something to do. I mean, unless it's just completely off the wall crazy, they say put the gun down, you put the gun down. Unload and show clear, you unload and show clear. Bring your target back in, bring it back in. Do what they tell you to do. If not, you will not be welcome to shoot there anymore. It's pretty simple. Their primary goal is to make sure everybody is safe and nothing, none of the equipment gets damaged or nobody gets hurt and everybody has a good, fun, safe experience there. Now, they will also help you if you do need help with something. You find yourself in a dilemma of some sort or you're having an issue with something. If there's a range safety officer, let him know. These guys are more than glad to help. Now, I've done this job before, so I've seen some crazy things before. But anyone who asks for help, I was there to give it, and I got the weapon into such a condition that they could either bring it out if they needed to get more help or they wanted to put it away or if they needed help just figuring out how things work. Like I say, and I saw some crazy things. Some guy was asking me how to help him shoot his AR-15. He didn't know how to load it. He didn't know how to uh, basically how to rack it. So I showed him what he needed to know, and I'm noticing as I'm working on the gun, he has no sights on this thing. No iron sights, no optic, no nothing. And he wants to shoot it. I'm going, uh, you're not going to be able to hit anything because you don't have any sights in here. Oh, that's okay. I just want to kind of point it down range and shoot it some just to see how it feels. <laughs> now, granted, he wasn't breaking any rules, but I just felt that was a little, that was an odd request that he wanted to shoot this thing without having any sights on it. Okay, but you know, but he asked for help. I showed him how to load, showed him how to unload, showed him how to get the round out of the chamber if he hadn't finished the magazine and how to check it. And I told him, you have any other questions, you get stuck, something happens, you get a jam, something doesn't fire like you think it's supposed to, call me over, I'll be there as fast as I can to help you out. So the range safety officer can be there to enforce safety rules for you and for everybody else. He can also be there to help you if you need something, if something is going wrong. These guys have, usually have a lot of experience, and they see a lot of crazy things, so chances are you're not going to be the first time you've seen something with them. Although I'll share one experience I had. I had a guy who was shooting a, a weapon, a pistol, and every second or third round it was jamming. So after about three or four times of this, I thought he was having magazine issues or something. I wasn't absolutely sure about it. So he finally calls me over after three or four times of this happening, and he says, you know, having trouble, the gun keeps jamming. And I'm looking, and he goes, here's the shells that are coming at him. And he shows me this shell, and is split completely down the side, every single one of them. And I'm looking at the gun, and I notice the caliber, and I look at the ammo he's shooting. It's not the same caliber. <laughs> he was shooting 9mm ammo in a forty caliber handgun. And that could have been disaster, but it was actually somewhat functioning. It was firing. But every shell was splitting down the side because a 9mm and a forty caliber are 1mm apart. So he had a 1mm smaller shell being fired in a bigger chamber. Now, fortunately, they were so, they were, well, unfortunately, they were so close, it was able to load and fire the smaller ammo in the larger chamber. Still, not a good idea, not safe. I never recommend doing that. You know, unless your life depends on it, do not fire smaller ammo in a bigger gun and do never never even if especially even if your life depends on it do not fire bigger ammo in a smaller chamber that can be completely disastrous and this has happened i've seen a lot more cases of this 
since the 300 blackout cartridge became very popular because people were trying to, you know, have one gun that shoots both a uh, 5.56 and a 300 blackout. And if that 300 blackout will go deep enough into the chamber to where it will release uh, the safety, uh, the disconnector, it will fire. But it will fire out of battery, out of chamber, and it can be disastrous. Be sure your ammo matches your gun. Make sure you're shooting the right ammo in there. Let's let's take it one step further, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, the same is true when you're hunting and you're using a shotgun. You don't want to put a 20-gauge and a 16-gauge. Oh, yeah. Always device. make sure you're using the caliber or gauge that the weapon calls for. Exactly. And that can happen accidentally, a 16-gauge and a 12-gauge. Right. Those and are close enough where th- I wonder if the 16 would fire in the 12-gauge I don't know. I'm not going to try to find out. No, no, I wouldn't either. I I won't have you an answer next week. (laughs) Nope. If anybody's done it, you can send me a note at roger at americaswebradio.com. Let me know your experiences on the range. If you have other safe, well, I haven't even got through all these uh, range etiquette things, but if you have a range etiquette uh, tip that you would like to share with everybody or you think I'm wrong on something, by all means, let me know. Roger at americaswebradio.com. And if you want to... If you're in Atlanta and you think you're an expert in some field of guns or shooting or ammo, contact me through the website or contact me through the email, a roger at americaswebradio.com, and who knows? We may get you on the show as a guest. You never can tell. So, But be aware of the range safety officer's commands. Always listen to him. He is the last and foremost authority when it comes to the range. Even if you think you know better, you do what he tells you. You may not be aware of why he is telling you to do something. I say, as long as it's not completely crazy, listen to what he tells you. And one other thing. Okay. Let's make it he or she. Yes, you're absolutely right. I. It's funny. We actually had a woman. I had a woman on the show a year or so ago that was a range safety officer, and she was very good at her job. And always be respectful of the range, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a koala bear. Whatever the range safety officer is, you pay attention to them and you listen to their commands. <laughs> always, regardless of gender or species. Okay, good to know. Now, if you're on the range and all of a sudden you hear somebody yell, cease fire, stop what you're doing. Don't fire one more. Don't finish the magazine. You stop firing right then and there. Put the weapon down and step back. All right, unfortunately, that's about all we're going to have time for today. But just be aware, if you're at the range, range safety officer is the king. You listen to him all the time. Bring what you need to the range. Try not to have a less than stellar experience by not having what you need. All right, we'll talk to you next time. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.